Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Morale Clubhouse. This episode is brought to you by Clubhouse Athletic Custom Team Apparel. If you're looking for new jerseys for your 16-inch softball league or if you're coaching a little league team, they got you covered. Any colors you want, any design you want, they'll hook it up. Go to their website to get some design inspiration. They got hundreds of designs on there for you and fill out a custom form to get going. Make sure to let them know that Morale sent you and you get additional 25% off your order. www.clubhouseathletic.com It's www.clubhouseathletic.com Now let's get into it. All right, everyone close your eyes. We'll start with the Morale Quote of the Week. Optimism is the faith that leads to achievement. Nothing can be done without hope and confidence. Have a great day, my people. The best. I always forget we do that. And I, I, again, weekly forget that we haven't seen Advert all year, which is kind of, uh, I don't want to say disappointing on his end, but just disappointing in general because it would have been great to see him develop. And we know what he's done in the past. Uh, this year could have been big for him. Hopefully he can salvage it. We're kind of running out of time, but hopefully he can come back by the second half of the season to get things moving again. Absolutely. You can't forget about Adbert. No. And it's important to start your day with some morale. It's like a morning prayer yep. is just read the morale. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. All right, well, kick us off. Uh, kick us off. Recap last week and what your feelings I are. I think, man, it was uh, – well, first off, thank you, everyone, for being here. I think it was really an up-and-down week just from the sense that the games could have gone worse. Uh, some of the losses were tough, but the positives were – the young starting pitchers, I don't want to say dominated, but really showed out in a good way. Killian, we all watched that in the second against the Cardinals. Justin Steele, the next night, pitched really well. Keegan Thompson, who has a 1.99 ERA, and I believe he goes tonight. Correct? Someone correct me if I'm wrong. Um, Those are some big starts. And granted, yeah, when the team's losing, it's not incredibly fun. When the team's playing around 500, it's not, you know, incredibly fun. But Seeing those guys compete, kind of what we've been talking about all year, is so big just to figure out what the Cubs are going to be moving forward, what they're going to be potentially in 2023, 24, whatever it may be, whatever happens after the trade deadline, at least we'll have those guys. Those guys aren't going anywhere, uh, which is big because they are going to be the next cornerstones, foundational pieces, whatever you want to call them. Uh, They are going to be a crucial part for whatever the Cubs build moving forward because it's kind of the uh, opposite of what the Cubs did in the past. Granted, the Cubs are going to have a lot of young hitters that are going to come up, but really, I would say, to speak for Jed, the starting pitching development has to be a lot different. They've invested a lot, and we're trying. We're now seeing the fruits of their labor in guys like Justin Seal, Keegan Thompson, the junkyard dog of the staff, and then Caleb Killian showing out uh, this past week. So hopefully that continues. Hopefully Killian comes up for the you know. Uh, second half I don't know why he would be down much longer other than you know the four walks that he gave up and a few runs I thought he looked fantastic 97 hitting spots hitting the top of the zone guys swinging through fastballs the breaking balls were there Uh, so it was really exciting to see and that's kind of again in a season like this one those are the moments you're hanging your hat on The last time we talked, we were going into quite a stretch of White Sox, Brewers, Cardinals, all that. Um, And 
it was like it, it was a little bit scary. It's like, what can we expect, and how bad is this going to get? Yeah. Um, you know, if you could talk to yourself before those series started, what would you say? Were you, were you satisfied with with how the Cubs shook out? How they competed? Were was it underwhelming? How do you think those you know three rivalry series really in a row? How do you think those went? Um, I don't want to say it was underwhelming. What the Cubs went. 0-2 against the White Sox, split against the Brewers, so that's 2-4, and four, then 2-3, and three, so what, 4-9 and nine or 4-7? Uh, and seven. I'm probably doing that math so wrong. But um, anyways, yeah, I mean, it wasn't terrible. They split, it, split against the White Sox. Oh, we did split against the White Sox. I'm sorry. Um, so five wins. Yeah. I mean, it's not bad. It's not fantastic. It could have been a lot worse. I was going into that. I mean, Adam, you know, like us talking on the side, I was going into that nervous because just from my perspective and probably many Cubs fans perspective, we get clowned on a lot. If you lose to the Brewers, deservingly so if you lose to the White Sox, even though I don't talk about the White Sox anymore, because they have an incredibly soft fan base. Uh, and then obviously the Cardinals and if, those uh, games being back-to-back, if it was going to be a really bad weekend, man, it would have been really tough to swallow that uh, for whatever the 11-game stretch that it was. So I'm glad that obviously didn't happen. Uh, and then everything I just said along the lines of the starting pitching is you know, very good to see. So, yeah, I don't want to say it was a positive because if you play under 500, that should never be looked at as a positive. But I guess it was better than – it could have went, again, I'm looking at this from a glass half full perspective. I'm looking at this from a morale perspective. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to take that. Uh, I'll take it at least right now for what we've seen in 2022. Yeah, it was confusing. Set of, like, again, you're, you can't be happy with losing. No, and then at the no. same time, there was, I think it was also because we're, we're losing these close games, so many extra inning games against some pretty decent teams, which is, frustrating but also encouraging that we're still like in there competing it's it's a weird double feeling there um but uh touching on that i feel like we have to talk about morrell and christopher morrell what a start he's had he's been absolutely electric 20 games getting on 20 games straight uh on base streak is absolutely fantastic. And if you look at the numbers, I think the one thing that might jump out at you and you might get a little scared about it is the betting uh, average on balls in play, which is 370, which is really, really high. Other than that, if you look at all the peripheral stats, he really is performing to what he should be performing. His uh, expected weight on base average is pretty close to his weight on base average. He, But the tangible things are the things that, is gravitating everyone to a guy like that. I mean, the fact that when he gets walked, he's sprinting down to first base and clapping. He's getting the dugout. I've never seen that before. And almost to the point where I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to expect too much out of him because I don't know how sustainable this is. It is a, it's another level of morale that we're seeing right now. I don't know how someone can keep that up for 162 games. He's proving it for 20 games. And I know for people that have watched him throughout the minor leagues have said, this guy is an absolute, just bottle rocket firecracker, just, uh, just a ball of energy and morale combined into one. And that's Christopher morale. 
And if he can keep this up, just from an energy standpoint, I'm going to be incredibly impressed, let alone what he's actually doing on the field. He can play everywhere. He has an absolute cannon for an arm. Um, and it is, man, what a joy it's been to watch. I know we were all high on Saya, and I'm not, you know, I'm not disappointed in him from a sense, but if we're talking about any surprise, anything that uh, we should feel good about in terms of new Cubs, it's Christopher Morale up there, number one. I, I don't even care if he's only played 20 games. Just watching him has been absolutely spectacular. And again, if he can keep the energy level up, if he can play at a at, I, I think of it as like a defensive lineman when you're like, man, this guy just has a motor. He just doesn't stop. He just goes and goes. He's always attacking. He's always rushing the quarterback. That's what it feels like with Morrell. It just feels like nonstop morale. And I think for many Cubs fans, speaking for many Cubs fans, you can get behind that. And that is someone you absolutely want to cheer for. In the same sense as Javi, but I feel like like morale is morale, if that makes any sense at all. It's, it, it's, it's something I've never seen before, and it's absolutely fantastic to watch. There's so many components to it that I feel like we need – I wanted to highlight almost all of them because – in a Cubs season like this, it's important to really soak in some of those. But like you said, I don't know if it's sustainable or not. Ho- hopefully it is in terms of how much morale he's bringing to the table. Uh, but either way, his start is now, I think, something we'll all remember. Like, no matter if he turns out like a Fukudome or whatever, you'll remember the start of Christopher Morrell and how electric he is against the Cardinals and how much fun he's having and the emoji in the glove and the Contreras moment for breathing and the walk-off, I like, mean, solidifying dude, in our memories. Yeah, I think back to 2015 and th- 16, and Javi was looked at the same way, you know, just firecracker. I was calling him Senor Electricity, like just absolutely electric. And, I, and I'm not going to say he's better than Javi. But I almost feel like the energy that Morel is morale is bringing right now is second to none. I've never seen a player act like he's playing an NFL football game, trying to get the fans hyped up, trying to get people involved, trying to hype up his teammates, trying to you know literally get himself. I, I mean that doubly hit down the line uh, in one of the games against the Cardinals, Cardinals this weekend was absolutely running down the base pass, running down first base, jumping around you know, just uh, fist pumping the entire, it's just, it's incredible. And again, I hope he can not only keep this up from like an emotional standpoint, but obviously from a performance standpoint, because it's something that I, and I'm not even trying, I'm not even trying to go over the top here. I've never seen someone play like that. And it helps too, I'm sure from his perspective that this start to his career is, has been a lot of these games at home. So he's just being yeah, for sure. federal landmark energy. It's not oh, like away in the dome. It's at Wrigley against these Brewers and the Cardinals and down on the south side against the Sox. So it's amazing to watch it all come together that way. Well, Adam, and how about just, you know what, like speaking from the guy who's been saying it's different here forever, we're going through a tough season. We're nine and a half games back. We're whatever games under 500. There is no stopping that light switch at the federal landmark when it is on and people are excited and there's something to cheer for. There is nothing like it in all of major league baseball. You can't compare it. I would argue for the Cubs being in fourth place out of a playoff race, out of any hope for, 
you know, any real good things that happen this year from a team standpoint. There is no louder atmosphere in the game right now than Wrigley Field, even right now. With with all the things I just said, all that considered, there is no place that that can just flip a switch and go off. And it's just, A, it's fantastic to watch, and B, it's the standard that everyone should hold the Cubs to because the fans are just so in it. The fans want it so bad. We all want it so bad. And we know this fan base can bring a winning atmosphere on a night-in, night-out basis, which many other fan bases can't do or organizations can do. On top of the fact that most fans are there cheering as loud as they can and then also coming back and getting on Twitter and roasting the Ricketts family and holding the owners accountable. So doing both at the same time. Exactly. uh, Showing it's just different here. Yeah, exactly. Much uh, different, much different than 2012, right? Like it was, it was almost like a blind hope in Theo to turn it around, and now it's the expectation. But still, Cubs fans are like all in on many of the young players, which they should be. All right, one of our, our side notes: try to do like one little like uh, note outside of baseball in general, but still around the Cubs. Uh, usually about the bleachers. But we saw the cup pyramid for the first time in a while. Yeah, I had a problem with that. I had a problem with that. I think if the cup pyramid is at a uh, if the cup pyramid is at a size that is understandable, I think it should stay. And I think what the usher did, she should have thought twice. Granted, someone should have told someone his his boss could have told him, "Hey, knock that down." I think that was classy enough, and it should have been left there. And personally, I believe, and I'm being serious by this, there should be a few cup pyramids that are left in the federal landmark, just in the corners, maybe on the concourse, that should be like cornered off to represent the times fans are going through right now. I I, tr- I truly, firmly believe that. Like paint it, like uh, or like coat it in like gold or something, or some type of metal to keep it there. Or put it in like a glass case, kind of like the Schwarber ball up on top of the Budweiser sign. Uh, something like that. Just to represent the different time periods that the fan base has gone through. We can't forget hard times like these. And there's often times, whether and I know the, the cup stakes are so controversial, I think the cup pyramid is a work of art. I think it takes time. I think it's much more classy than a cup stake. And it should be appreciated by everyone involved at the Federal Landmark. All right, we'll start bringing in our guests now for the Morale Town Hall. It's opening up. You guys can join in, give your two thoughts on two cents on the Cubs. And uh, first guest we have in here is Joe Ratt, a uh, comeback guest now. Welcome back in, Joe. Thanks for having me. Uh, Joe Ratt, <laughs> blowing me up on Twitter. <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, right. First, uh, yeah, just wanted to, I mean, commend the young guys for during that tough stretch. I mean, they they just never show quit and it's really obvious. And I think it kind of helps the landmarks stay as lively as it is. I mean, I remember Absolutely. early two thousands were pretty rough and we still, we still sold out, sold out the place. So it's familiar and it's good to see that's still a thing, but um, wanted to get your thoughts on, I know we talk about Will signing Will Wilson um, and we all want him back, but um, the viability of signing, one of the big shortstops again next year, um, Correa, 
Um, I believe Xander Bogarts and who was the last one? Uh, Trey yeah, yeah, Turner. I just yeah. wanted to ask about that one. Yeah, no, I think, I mean, I don't know who I would go with right off the bat. I think it's going to come down to this. And I, I know for sure Jed, and I'm not the only person saying this or reporting this, Jed made a pretty clear offer to Correa yeah. over the offseason. It was relatively substantial. I think the thing with Jed is that he doesn't like to budge on his offers. Sure. And I've I've gone back and forth with a lot of people. If people if the people in the know want to correct me, then please do so. But from everything I've heard, it's always this is how it is with Jed. He gives the offer, you're either going to take the offer or you're going to leave the offer. It's there's not a whole lot of negotiating. It's always kind of been that way. We saw that with the Ricket, uh, I'm sorry, the the Rizzo deal. We've seen it with other players. It's like, this is what it is. It's either you're taking it or you're leaving it, and that's it. And I think for Jed, I would hope that he has more of a progressive approach, more of a gentle approach in free agency. Granted, yeah. I don't, I'm not telling Jed to totally blow everything and sign these uh, players to irrational deals and all this type of stuff. Right. I do think if you are going to go big fish hunting, which the Cubs should be, we've talked about that at length because they're one of the uh, wealthiest organizations in sports, you got to be a little more understanding with these players. You got to be able to negotiate. The Wilson Contreras is the perfect example. Right. Like, th- th- there needs to be a better line of communication or a better um, – way or agenda priority list in terms of how you are actually communicating with these players. Because if you're looking at it, granted, Strowman, great team friendly deal. Like, I don't even know how that came about because even though he's not pitching great right now, I still think it's a fantastic deal. Say, uh, still under a hundred million dollars. Like, yes, it's substantial, but no, it's not anything that's really going to break the bank long term. I'm talking for Jed for these big fish. I'm talking things north of Jason Hayward's contract. The prominent, transformative players on the market. You look at the top 15 guys, over half of the top 15 most productive players in terms of fan crafts have all signed a $100 million deal or a deal much more than that. And if the Cubs are going to be good, you're going to have to hit on these guys, but you're also going to have to get these guys in here like they did before. But I, I think the communication has changed. So, no, Joe, I don't have a specific shortstop that I'm looking at right now. Like, that has to be the guy. I just know that Jed is going to have to change his ways a little bit or self-reflect a little bit on how he's actually communicating with these players because yeah. he's not Theo. He's not Theo. He cannot work a room like Theo. He's not the politician Theo was. He's not the speaker Theo was. He's not that guy. He's just right. not. And I, I like. I don't know if that maybe that's something that he relied on too much as the GM in the past. The Theo for Theo really to take the reins and get these things done. But I, I would just if I was Jen, I would self reflect a little bit to really figure out how am I going to approach these things? Am I going about it the right way? Am I being uh, too rigid? Stuff like that. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And I do think Horner is a second baseman. I think we all know that. And so I think the shortstop is the right move. We got to get, well, sign Willie, get a pitcher, and get one of these shortstops. And I think 
Well, Joe, I don't mean to push back too much, but besides the bat, which I think right now Nico's kind of a, a round league average, he's playing a hell of a shortstop. Right oh now. yeah, no, I'm not taking. I mean, any, he that, is. Yeah, I'm not taking anything away from it. I'm, yeah, you know, he can do it. I just think they're, you know, if you have a, actually, would put him on the same par as that, like arm strength with Xander. Um, actually, all three of those guys have pretty not average, but just slightly above average arms. So it's nothing. Not like Nico can't hold their jack strap or anything, but yeah, um, I think getting Trey would be sweet. But um, it would be sweet. It puts Madrigal in a hole, uh, which I, yeah. don't, I again, I I'm not all out on Nick Madrigal right now. I know he's not been impressive at all. I'm not even gonna like sugarcoat that. He hasn't been yeah. great. He hasn't no. looked good. The the we we all knew he wasn't gonna hit for power, but we all thought. Granted, I know he's been hurt. Rocky start that too. Team, but it's like. Hey man, when when your skills are limited to what they are, you kind of have to do. You, like, you kind of have to be consistent. You can't have off days. You can't have off weeks. You can't have off months if you're Nick Madrigal. It's got to be you're putting the ball in play. You're hitting the ball hard enough to the outfield where it squeaks through. Like that stuff has to get done, or else his value is just like Albert Almora, probably worse. <laughs> Agreed. Yes. I'm also. I'll leave with this. Uh, I'm curious about you know Schwindel and Wisdom. I don't know what they're deals or anything like that is financially so i'm wondering are we looking you know maybe keeping them and then working around that or are we as are we taking this and treating it as if they're not going to be around i think personally i can see frank being around more than patrick wisdom frank i'm i'm just saying that because frank is on a heater right now his career has truly changed he, he saw his life flash before his eyes as he was going to be sent to Des Moines in AAA, that could have gone. You, we were potentially in the situation where we would never see Frank again. We've all talked about it. He gets on that middle seat on that coach flight. I don't know which airlines. I wish I knew the airlines flying to San Diego, and he's totally changed his, the the course of his season around. He's been fantastic. He deserves all the credit. I hope he continue it. And if he continues it, and if he writes the ship into September, into the end of the year, I mean, props to that dude. Because that dude will now, again, I don't want to jump to conclusions, but you're talking about, like, a season and a half of, like, really, really good baseball. I, I hope he can keep it up. In terms of the Patrick Wisdom, I can see him being a trade piece just because there's so much power in that bat. Pinch hitter, uh, you know, pl- can play good defense. It, he probably – can fit certain spots in a lineup in a playoff game or, you know, deep, uh, very important September games. He's not a four hitter. He's not a three hitter. He's not a five hitter. He's a guy you stash at the bottom of the lineup in hopes he goes deep because he has crazy bat speed. He can hit the ball plenty far. Did anyone see the two doubles he hit over the, the weekend against the Cardinals the, on, during the night games? I mean, that ball he hit into the left center gap, 112. I mean, that looked like a two iron off some hard turf traveling on a par five. It was absolutely incredible. So, yeah, I, I, I see Patrick Wisdom personally being a guy that gets traded. Now, if the Cubs are not going to be good next year, they're going to keep him because he kind of fits the build of a guy that can, you know, be productive, but he's not too good and he's cheap. But if Jed really wants to turn it around and he sees the Cubs trying, legitimately trying to make a run at the playoffs next year, I can see Patrick Wisdom being one of the last guys shipped out before 
we hopefully start to change the course of everything and take things more seriously and actually try to win. Thanks, Joe. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks, Joe. Frank, where in Wrigley would you put the, the statue of the middle seat flying to uh, California, Frank? It's a great question. Uh, I'm going to put that in the – I was going to say the 19th. Or maybe Wrigleyville, maybe Bernie's. Uh, yeah, it could be in Bernie's. Uh, it, yeah, it could be anywhere. Uh, maybe Murphy's. I would like it in the concourse, like uh, on, obviously on the first base side. Maybe just up against one of the uh, – vendors over there maybe 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 they put it down by the sports book as you're walking in kind of to uh level out the uh uh the ridiculousness of the sports book and then something that's really down to earth like the middle seat of the uh coach flight that frank flew on to save his career yeah i think it should just like i was kind of talking about the uh cup pyramids i'm actually serious about well no adam if we're being honest, this middle seat's going to Cooperstown. So it's, it's really not going to be in the federal landmark. It's going to be in Cooperstown for a guy that totally changed the course of his career by sitting on that middle seat, flying across the country to San Diego to salvage anything that he could. Grant, l- l- let, me, let me put this into perspective. Again, we're talking about the guy who could not buy a house. The big leaguer who was the best, almost the best player in baseball for the last two months of the 2021 season could not buy a house because he didn't think he could afford it with his wife as they've been living with his parents-in-law. I just want to phrase that for everyone that's listening. It's a ridiculous story. I still don't believe he's real. That seat should be in Cooperstown, and it's why I will root for Frank until he retires. Granted, I don't think he's real. I think this is a total simulation. He's a He's an MVP baseball 2005 character, minor leaguer. It's ridiculous that these things are even happening. And the fact that he has had a second chance to come back and salvage the very tough start he had in 2022. It's crazy. We got Big Oss on next. Big Oss, how's it going? It's going pretty good. How you guys doing? What's up? How you doing? Man, so I was going to ask you what you think if some who's if, if someone calls you up and says I want Hendricks or I want Stroman, are they expendable? Are you are you shipping them out of town? Who's the first guy? Stroman or Hendricks? Uh, you know, cause, uh Stroman, cause, yeah, no, I think both guys, for sure. I, would, I I mean, I think we need to be honest about where the Cubs are. I know many Cubs I know many Cubs fans are the Stroman deal, I said it as soon as it was signed, that seemed fishy to me from the jump. Because if we're being honest, the Cubs probably aren't at their peak. They're, they're probably at their peak in terms of, like, everyone coming up in at least two years. Stroman, by that time, is going to be 33-34. And he really has to pick it up if he wants to see, you know, an extension for the Cubs or, like, a legitimate extension from another team. Small guy. I know the Velo's still there, but still – he. He kind of has the cards against him long-term. So I can definitely see Jed in the time when they sign that deal being like, hey, man, this is super team-friendly. If he's pitching well, like, he's a sure trade piece. Hendricks, while, you know, there's a lot of nostalgia there, I'm obviously incredibly uh, appreciative for what he's done. He needs to pitch a lot better if we're going to start – if we're going to talk about him being around, 
or him being a trade piece. It, it's been way too inconsistent. I hope he can write the shit for 2022. We, we hate to see that because now that would be two years of really tough uh, baseball on his part. He just, he just hasn't looked comfortable. He hasn't looked consistent. He hasn't seemed like his bread and butter sinker changeup has really worked. He's not hitting spots. He's been mixing in the curveball a lot more, which hasn't really done enough. And uh, it's got to be better. So, no, I, I think I think besides Wilson Contreras, I think you can make an argument that any veteran on the team is expendable. And the reason why I say no to Wilson Contreras is because I reasonably don't think you can fill that position and have the same productivity, not only from a leadership standpoint, and I know everyone's going to rag on me because I'm going to sound like a Cardinals fan, speaking in the same vein of Yadier Molina and him you know, uh, carrying a pitching staff and him being a leader and all that type of stuff. But he's the backstop of the team. He's the heart and soul of the team. He deserves to be here, and he deserves to have the respect. I know you don't need to extend everyone. You don't need to keep everyone. But he's the one guy that I look at like, man, I just don't see the Cubs really improving at that position in like five years maybe i'm totally wrong jed's probably thinking i'm totally wrong he's thinking cubs fans are totally wrong because he doesn't want to negotiate and he wants to trade wilson immediately but that's just my take on it and i know many of cubs many other cubs fans agree and another thing you think uh simmons is gone or I need. I hope so. What are we doing need, with simmons i need boss? simmons what? and i need simmons and vr on their way out the door well, I just want to know, like, what's the point of having him, right? Like, there's, there's no point. I mean, if, you, you want to see what Madrigal's got, let Madrigal play every day. You want to yeah, see what Nico's got at shortstop, let him play every day. And and you know what? If it's like, if the Cubs are, if one of those two guys get hurt, all right, well, then let's see what Morrell can do in the infield on an everyday basis. It's I, I just don't understand it. Same thing with Jason Hayward, and I don't mean to get on a tangent with Jason Hayward, but if you're not going to compete, and you're going to be in this situation where we really don't know what's going on. Every single young guy needs to play. I, I, like, we're not getting anything for Andrel, Andrelton Simmons at the deadline. We're not getting anything for Jason Hayward at the deadline. Like, these things are dead and gone. I've seen Andrelton Simmons hit the ball on the ground enough. Like, I've it, seen so old, many man, double man. plays with the bases loaded. I don't think I've ever seen that many in, in my I life know. in that short period. Of yeah, time. and you can say that. You can say that for this lineup a lot. I mean, we don't we don't make the most contact, but we make a lot of contact on the ground. And uh, yeah, but I I I need him out of town asap. I can't stand well, I Simmons. I hear you. I hear you, Big Hoss. Anyways, I appreciate you joining. Thank you. You got it. All right, next game we have Jacoby. Jacoby Bryant or Jacob Brook, 87, whichever one. How are you doing? Hey, how's it going? Um, What's going on? I, so I think with the Anderson Simmons signing, the original plan was you wanted a strong defensive middle infield behind Stroman and other ground ball pitchers that we have. It just hasn't worked. And, no, and, and I think people are just – well, the, the Cubs are just afraid to admit their mistakes and cut them. Um, but I, I yeah. think with, uh, with David Bodie, I guess, having the spells of dizziness that uh, David Ross was talking about today, they may not be forced to make a move. Am I wrong in thinking that? Uh, no, I, I don't think, 
unfortunately, I don't think the Cubs are forced to do anything. Honestly, <laughs> like that, that's kind of the sad part. It's like, you know, besides us complaining about it online, like I don't think they're forced to do anything because I think you're right. They don't want to admit when they make mistakes. That's been, I mean, <laughs> that goes back back to 2017, 2018, some of the decisions that they've made, uh, Jason Hayward being one of them, there have been plenty of others that don't work out. And it shouldn't be – like, it's not specific to this front office. Like, every single front office is going to make mistakes. You go down any – GM's uh, history, like, there's a lot of mistakes that, that will be made. So, pretty much, I just think the, the Cubs should just own up to it. It hasn't worked. The bat is not there. Andrelton Simmons had like a good first half in like 2014 or 2015 or 2017, whatever it was. Other than that, he's been a below average uh, major league bat, which is just something we don't need right now. And Nico's playing great at short and Madrigal, when you trade him for Craig, Craig Kimbrell, who is the best uh, basically reliever in baseball at the time, like he's got to show what he can do. And granted, I know he's been hurt, but we have other players that can fill those roles and, you know, play that times, especially when the Cubs aren't trying to win right now. So I totally agree. It's not worth having him in the lineup. That's, that's a deeper conversation, even though I've already talked about it. Uh, and I know it's a frustrating one, but hopefully that changes. Hopefully Jed admits that it's not working and we can move forward with a solid, whatever it is, four months of like true, like tryout time for these young players. So again, if we're not going to compete, and we're not gonna we're not gonna spend enough. We're gonna be fifteenth in payroll. We're, we might as well just you know throw the balls out, see what the young guys can do, and and try to have fun with it. Yeah, I I couldn't agree more. I I think if you're not gonna have the tryout time, like you said, for the younger players, the only way you don't do that is if you're keeping butts in the seats by having you know, veteran players that people want yeah. to watch. But at this point, I, I can't say that anyone wants to watch Simmons or, or Hayward no. or you know, players or like VR that. Or or Ortega, even though right. we had a good year last year. Like, no. Like, yeah. It's uh we would rather we'd rather see the guys that are coming up, the Morales, the Nelson Velasquez, the you know, you name it, right? There there's been plenty of them uh to kind of see what they can do. Because again, we are in the business of figuring out what the great the next great Cubs team is going to be. I don't know what it's going to be. I don't know when it's going to be. I wish I did. It, you could say right now, 2025, and I'd be like, yeah, I can see that. Two more years of this. Like, I, I, I wouldn't be shocked if that was the case. I hope it's not the case, but we are, we're in that time right now. Alec Mills got activated today. I just seen that. Big Hoss, I'll be honest, with, I, for, for even though he has a, a – no hitter, even though he's had some good moments. I'm I'm kind of over the soft saucers. I want the Caleb Killians. I want 97 at the top of the zone. I want an absolute hammer for a breaking ball. I want dogs out there. I'm kind of tired of, granted, Kyle Hendricks, one of the most underrated pitchers in the game. Uh, we've seen plenty of soft tossers here on the north side. Those things have to change. It's time to actually get into – the uh, 21st century of uh, starting pitching in Major League Baseball. The Cubs have tried enough with the soft tossers, with the sinker ballers, with the hitting spots, all that. I don't want to say nonsense, 
but that uh, ideology. It's time for the Caleb Killians. It's time for the Justin Steeles. It's time for the Keegan Thompsons shoving the ball down hitters' throats and getting the job done and striking guys out. That's what needs to What happen. happened to Manny Rodriguez? What happened to that Manny Rodriguez, our closer from last year? Uh, good question. I, I think he was hurt, and I think he's uh, I, he was he was actually just throwing uh, the other day with Alzale. Perfect. Yeah, that guy was throwing like one on one out the bullpen. He was throwing hammers. That's what we need. Man, Rod and Alzale had some oysters last night together. I think hopefully they're on the same track to get back. There that guy go. was huge. He is his offseason. He started he looking huge. huge, and he works out in like this. Uh, I I don't want to misspeak, but he works out in just this. I want to say like a homemade gym, like he's working out on like carpet. It's fantastic. Somewhere, so, somewhere on this earth, it's just uh man. It's it's some makeshift type of gym, but he's massive and he throws absolute heat. That's why it's different here. You're right. You're right, Big Hoss. All right. Next in, we have uh, tackle, tackle, T A C L, taco killer. How you <laughs> Name's Taylor, just tore the ACL, so I thought TACL was the move, you know? I'm sorry TACL. about that, Taylor. I hope your Thanks, recovery man. goes well. I appreciate that. Hey, uh, you know, first-time caller, but long-time listener. Thank appreciate you. being on. Yeah, just wanted to uh, – I got a couple questions. Try to keep it brief. Hopefully I'm not repeating anything. Um, Clint, Fra- Clint Frazier, what's the, what's the deal? Is he the guy? I think we should know if he's the guy, don't you think? Like, even, even if he's just the average major, major leaguer, even if he is just a first-round bust, I'd rather see it on our hands. I mean, if we're at this point now, like, today, I like I tweeted it out. Like, I again, I don't mean to go down this road every single time. I'm going to keep it short. But I just don't know what are we doing with Jason Hayward. I don't know why Clint Frazier isn't getting the chance to compete. Why isn't he – like, why did we sign him in the first place if he's healthy – if he can play, if he's already missed time with injury, like why aren't we actually seeing what he can do? I, I, I don't get it. I'm not, I'm not saying he's the guy. I think he's exciting. I think the bat speed's there. I think the swing is super interesting, how he kind of ground his body. It, it seems tight. I know he had the strikeout uh, when he pinched it the other day. But, like, if, if he can be a guy, and we've seen it. We saw it during spring training. I know it's spring training. But, like, <laughs> He can hit the ball in the gap. He can hit the ball off the wall. He can send the ball onto Waveland. Like, let's see it. I'm not saying he's the best outfielder, but let's just see it because we've already seen it with Jason Hayward, and I, I don't know why we aren't looking into that opportunity closely enough, and I don't understand. I, I firmly don't understand. Not to call out all the media members. I've done that uh, throughout my time on Twitter, but I don't understand how you can go into a press conference and not – have that be the first question asked like let, let's get to the point seriously with media members like i know they have relationships with these guys i know i know there's uh some type of protocol that you have to have as a reporter as someone that you know is trying to have this fluid relationship with the team and with the specific officials like jed and uh hawkins and things like that david ross but like let, let's actually ask the questions that people want to know. And, and this has been going on for too long, and I don't know why we're beating around the bush uh, and why many media members will, again, bash the team in their columns and on their podcasts and on their Twitter accounts. But when they have access to the team, they won't ask the question. I don't understand it. I, I firmly do not understand it. And if you're going to make a guy butthurt, if you're going to piss Jed off, 
Well, so be it. He should learn and actually hear what the fans want. Like, your job as a media member right now, your job as a reporter is to be the voice for the fan. And I know that's kind of changed because fans now have a medium where they can, you know, share their voice and share their thoughts. But, like, if you have access to the team, ask the questions that people want to know. So we're not here figuring out why in God's name is Jason Hayward playing tonight. Seriously. Everyone would want to know that. Everyone would want to know why is Clint Frazier not playing. Is it the end of the world that he's not playing? No. But we would like to have an actual reason for the people, again, that are paying their last dollar of disposable income to go to the federal landmark, to purchase season tickets, to purchase the $20 beers or the, you know, uh, thousands of dollars worth of, mer- worth of merchandise every single year to support the team, the jerseys, all this nonsense. Like, actually, actually just ask these guys the question and hold them somewhat accountable for what they're doing. Please, one time, media members, one time. You guys want to go out and have a smooch fest every other week. Hey, Jed, how's it going? What do you think about this guy? What do you think about Ask the actual goddamn question one time. One time, I woke Man. up. Man, <laughs> well said, though. Well said. Thank you. To, to follow up where I was going, and this is a little bit. I just wondered, like, if you, you seem like you've you've got your your roots in Wrigley. So, like, if you were to go put together a team for twenty twenty three, money is not an issue, which it isn't anyway, but it seems to be. Um, yeah. If you could literally bring in anybody. And, and make the team the way you'd want to, you know, the way you think Wrigley would appreciate it, what's that look like to you? I'm riding with those three guys, um, Killian, Justin Steele, Keegan Thompson, and I'm getting strong up the middle of the field. I think you can win at the margins on the corners of the diamond. I think you can win at first base. Look at what the Brewers – I'm not saying the Brewers have had the best offense, you know, for a long time. I know their offense is very volatile. It gets hot, and then it gets really, really cold. It's it's not the best. But you they, – they are actually showing that, hey, like, let's just find a piece at first base. Let's kind of find a piece at third base. I know it's been sketchy defensively, things like that. I'm getting strong up the middle. I'm investing in center field. I'm investing in the middle of the diamond. We talked earlier about the shortstops. That is a key point. I'm investing somewhere in the starting rotation. I'm not worrying about the bullpen. I know uh, we've had a few uh, close calls. I know Wick uh, blew the save the other night. More or less, I'm investing in the middle of the diamond. I'm trusting how we can continue to develop good relief pitchers, and I am bolstering up the starting rotation. Now, do I have all the – the uh, answers for you right now off the top of my head, no. But that that's where I'm starting with. And I'm at, again, yes. I mean, it would be great if dollars didn't matter. But I am going all in on specific players in the middle of the diamond and then figuring out the corners as time goes on. Do you, do you have a guy that, like, you know, you would you would love to have no matter what? Or Yeah, just... it, would be, it, would, it would be great to have Carl Scrant. It would be great Carlos. to have a guy who's gone through adversity – I'm not saying is the best season right now, but can literally has proven to be exactly what the Chicago Cubs want. They don't want a high strikeout guy like Hobby. We've gone through that. They want a consistent develop uh, uh, defender, Carlos Correa. They they want a guy who's not going to strike out too much, Carlos Correa. They want a guy who can hit for power, Carlos Correa. They want a guy who can win, be a leader. Granted, I know the off the field stuff isn't great. I know the scandal stuff isn't great, but he's been a proven winner. Trey Turner. Really good player, but 
he doesn't excite me as much as Carlos Correa. Uh, Xander's up there as well. But again, I'm, I'm going to go back to like, you don't find many of these players in the prime of their career, 27, 28 years old. We've seen with Bryce Harper, we've seen with Mookie Betts, like these, these are the guys you need to hit on. These are the guys you need to get into town. I know we thought that was going to be the case with Jason Hayward that fell flat on our face, but more often than not, when you get a transformational player in the building, you will be rewarded for it for at least the first half of that contract. And normally those players are the best player in base, baseball. For as much as I say the Cardinals are the dumbest organization of all time, yes, they are. They proved and are continuing to prove that going out and getting Paul Goldschmidt and going out and getting Arenado has kept that organization alive because they have two of the top 15 players in baseball baseball right now and more power to them for actually going out and doing it actually investing actually putting risk you know put putting some some risk out there that if it didn't work that they would get heat for it instead of the cubs you know being like hey you know we might get involved hey we talked to the guy hey we tried like we've seen over three or four off seasons that doesn't get you anywhere that gets you the point we are now so it's all about commitment it's all about investment it's all about an a true like will to win. And I think many Cubs fans would argue that's we, we haven't seen that. And I think it's very justified. Uh, so again, I know I'm going on a tangent, but I don't really care. The <laughs> Cubs need to prove the, the Cubs need to prove that they, they actually want to invest. They actually want to win and they want to invest long-term, not from a single player standpoint. I'm talking about like, 10 years of being at the luxury tax. Can you actually do that? Or is it going to be two and I'm out or three and I'm out and then say, Oh, Hey, we remember when we spent back then, like we had the fifth, you know, top five payroll in baseball for a couple of years. No, no, that's not what the, that's not what the elite teams do. That's not what the big markets do. They go for it every single year. Um, and that's the standard that we should hold this team to. And I won't stop doing it because that is what they said. The cub way, uh, all, all, I don't want to say nonsense, but all the quotes they have out there about, you know, the, the revenue streams and marquee and the sports book and the real estate stuff, all that type of stuff was just force fed to us for so many years. And now we're saying, well, you know, where, where's that paying off? And it just seems like we're in this cycle where we're, we're not truly investing and that's unfortunate. So hopefully that changes soon. Thank you for talking on that. I'm going to pop out of here. I'll keep listening. Uh, I hope I the ACL gets I'll jump better. On. Dude, I appreciate it. Real quick, why, it. the Rockies released their City Connect jerseys, and you pay Chris Bryant, you know, $20 million a year, but Connor Joe's in there instead? I think it's because he's an like Adidas athlete. Blues? I think it's he's, a, oh, he's an Adidas, yeah. It's a Nike right, deal. Though. Yeah, they but don't that, let if, those baby blues on that, on that. you know what I mean, on the release? All those no, pictures, I, thought like, that, I thought that was a great <laughs> release, too. I thought that was a great release. I think I, I saw some people didn't like it, but I think that was awesome. I, if I, I was a if I was a Rockies fan, I'd be getting that hat for sure. I didn't also didn't understand that we were keeping the the our city connects throughout this year as well. So it was kind of cool to see those come out. Friday yeah, I'm still week. I'm still gonna go back to I think if you're gonna true do a true city connect jersey and it's why we sold them, you, you got to have some type of green in Wrigley. I love Wrigleyville I love green is green. green. The whole. It is green. I, I don't know why they haven't done it before. They probably will. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's got to be green. Thanks, guys. I appreciate you. You got it. God bless. You too. Well, I think the Cubs will have 
an alternate coming in with the uh, with the uh, Iowa games against the Reds. Uh, Field of Dreams games. Oh, is that right? going to be green? I don't know if it'll be green, but I'm saying they're have, they're, we'll have some other jerseys coming in. I would, I would Probably assume. will be green. Um, it'd be amazing if the Cubs could bring in some morale jerseys for, for one of these games. Why not? There's so yeah, many uh, promos coming up. This is a side note for like all the games because you know, the Cubs got to sell tickets. Tough spot. But that being said, I think it's next Monday. We're playing the Padres. Is that right? Next week? Uh, maybe. They have a great cowboy hat giveaway. Anybody looking to go to a game next week, that's a good one. I will, say, I will say I think their giveaways are fantastic this year. I think their promos are fantastic. All right, let's start bringing in our last guest, and then we'll uh, take it out through our uh, Olive Garden. Uh, before we bring in the last ones, uh, I don't know if you touched on it enough, but the pride of Loosedale, Mississippi, is still shoving, and I think we need to give him the shine he deserves. He's the best. He's the best, and I'm not going to go into detail why, Adam. You know why. He's the he's the best, dude. Um, <laughs> he's had some tough spots. I think if you've really watched each one of his starts, he's had plenty of starts where he's got absolutely boned on a, an error or, like, really soft contacts. And I know that's the game. I get it. But I go back to he's been the best pitcher on the staff, on on the entire team for the entire year. And granted, I know many of the stats don't look fantastic. I think they've been impressive enough to give him a lot of credit. uh, And there's a a lot of credit that uh, he's deserving of. It's been fantastic to see. Really proud of the guy. Really happy for the guy. He is the goddamn pride of Loosedale, Mississippi. And, uh, yeah, I mean, again, I think he's here for the long term. I think he could either be a starter. I think he could be a long man, kind of like Keenan Thompson. But he's going to be an impact pitcher on this team moving forward. How about him crediting? Our guy, John Lester Reams, whenever I can say John Lester Reams, it just makes me feel fantastic. When he was talking about Lester giving him insight over the last couple of years on how to like establish a fastball against righties and how that can really carry him throughout a start, things like that, absolutely fantastic. Uh, to me, he has that John Lester vibe. Uh, and, and I know a lot of people – will uh, rip on Lester for being like this fake like cowboy, right? He was like, he grew up in Tacoma, Washington. Uh, it's nothing like, nothing like big lefty country guy. Justin Seal is actually the, like the big lefty country guy, like throwing big country fastballs like by people where John Lester always put on that persona, which was so false. Justin Seal is actually deserving of being like big country, like fu type of guy. Like he is that. He is that, and I absolutely love it. And he's the best. The chains, the fastball, but yeah, I feel like we need to give him a shout out for that. The, yeah, hour against the Cardinal, seven innings. Uh, it was awesome to see him throw his uh, his longest start yet. Big country fastballs, big country fastballs, and those just those that that slider, dude. I mean, again, and we'll we'll get a word from him eventually. But like, if he had one more pitch, like he's a legitimate starting. I'm not saying he's not a legitimate starting pitcher, but like with one more pitch, like he's truly 
he has the stuff where he can really shut down a lineup. And I think that's the one thing that's holding it back right now. It's like, it, it's, it's big country fastball. It's the slider and you can kind of sit on one of them after a while. And that kind of gets him in trouble. One extra pitch, whether it be, you know, like a get me over change up or some type of split, or maybe even a cutter like John, John Lester Reams totally opens up, uh, his ability to, to piece through a lineup, you know, two or three times on a, you know, every fifth day basis. Big country fastballs. I'm going to text him that. All right. Who would you want to uh, take out uh, to a dinner at Olive Garden as a token of your appreciation? Oh, I feel like we're going with the same guys. No. Um, you know what? I'm going to go with it. I feel like I'm going with the same guys, Adam. Um, you I'm might go, need to go I'm, back you know to what? back. Go, Technically, last week didn't happen. I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go with Robertson. Yeah, you're right. Last week didn't happen. How about a guy who is absolutely changing? I'm. I'm not gonna say the course of his career because on the very back end of his career, but truly revitalizing a career and will eventually help the Cubs bring in whatever prospect. Uh, in a couple months. I think it's fantastic. A lot of credit goes to the Chicago Cubs for how they continue to develop pitchers, whether it be, you know, reclamations projects like Robertson, whether it be, you know, minor league projects, whatever it may be. Also, obviously, credit to the individual himself, David Robertson, who is, you know, going out shoving 95, the cutter's still there, pitching in big spots. Like, when I heard that Robertson got signed this year, I was like, oh, all right, like, probably minor league deal like they'll test them out they, they do this with every other pitcher underneath the sun who's had any semblance of success uh over the course of their career we've seen it a bunch right uh and then he'll probably get cut uh you know whether it be in spring training or after april or it's going to fizzle out and not go anywhere or he's going to be absolutely terrible uh but no he's been a fantastic pitcher he's gotten the job done and he looks like a legitimate relief pitcher on a playoff team and he's going to get traded and he's going to help the Cubs get some type of prospect. And that prospect could be, well, I'm not going to go as far as, say, like Caleb Killian, who we got fun and very beneficial for what the Cubs are trying to do moving forward. All right, take us into uh, into this week, the Orioles series. Orioles, um, then what who? are you expecting? Who do we have after the Orioles? Yankees. Oh, you heard of them? Yeah. Uh, man, I'm just Frazier Revenge Series. They're calling it. I'm, the what Clint Frazier Revenge Series. The Clint Frazier Revenge. Oh yeah, for sure. That's the big talking point. Um, I'm just gonna bypass the Orioles. I don't really care. I th- uh, the only thing on that, I think they the what they did at their ballpark is really stupid. Uh, extending the left field wall. That's so dumb. Anyway, yeah, but they brought Sammy back before the Cubs. You're right. You're, you're, you're absolutely right. That's another sickening piece. Um, it's going to be tough to see Anthony Rizzo. I want to say one thing about Anthony Rizzo, which has really pissed me off. A lot of Cubs fans are trying to act like Anthony Rizzo's having a bad year because he's hitting like 215. And I know Anthony's, Anthony Rizzo's hitting in a Little League park in New York, in the Bronx, and I hate New York, and I hate the Yankees. Um, but Anthony Rizzo has played – very good this year and he will end up having a much better stat line than what he has right now and he's already producing like 40 percent above league average so 
we're, for all the Cubs fans that are going to watch Anthony Rizzo play over the weekend say, oh, this guy's not even good anymore. He's hitting 200. Like, shut your mouth. That guy has 13 home runs. He's producing on a winning team. The Yankees are a fantastic team. And the Cubs should be looking like the Yankees right now. The Yankees, grand, they haven't won a World Series. They got boned by the Astros when they cheated. Who knows if that – well, the Yankees cheated as, as well. But who knows how that would have went down uh, if things were all square. And Anthony Rizzo is deserving of gratitude from Cubs fans, and he should be viewed as a guy who could definitely help this team right now. Granted, you push out Frank Swindell, you push out Alfonso Rivas if that was the case, but I don't care because Anthony Rizzo still getting it done. I don't want to hear about batting average. The guy's hitting tanks, even though he's playing in a shoebox. Uh, I hope he hits a ton of tanks the rest of the year and finishes having a fantastic season. It's going to be great to watch him. It's going to be tough to watch him. I hate that he's in New York because I hate New York. I hate the Yankees. I hate the Bronx. Uh, But it's going to be great to see him, and I am uh, not looking forward to all the Cubs fans that say, oh, he's not even playing good anymore. He's hitting 200. Like, good thing Jed didn't sign him, or good thing he didn't take that deal. Like, shut your mouth. He's having a good year, and the Yankees are a really good team that the Cubs – Cubs fans should wish we had a team that will compete every year, spend at the top of the list of payrolls, like be competitive. Granted, the Yankees have their own problems, but man, like as a Cubs fan in a big market, like that's what you should hope for. So it's going to be, I guess, exciting to watch, but also kind of sad to watch because I, I do miss watching Anthony Rizzo play on an everyday basis. Talk about a, a visual that's going to shake me up is – like Schwindel getting a base knock or Rizzo and just seeing them stand side by side and being like, just like two worlds combining. Cause you kind of just kind of forget about the Cubs. They almost put in a different lifetime of Rizzo and, the and, that's, era. and, yeah, and that's why I don't think Frank's real. Cause it just like, doesn't make sense. The fact that we went from maybe, maybe Frank will just fade away. when they well, that's, what I was gonna say. that's what I was going to say. I, I feel like Frank is kind of like a ghost. Like it's, it's, it, well, it, he's not real. But it like once he gets in the vicinity of Anthony Rizzo, he's actually just going to disintegrate and and fade away like a ghost and fly. Body's in a glitch. It's exactly. And then we're going like, to man, what are we? Frank Swindell walks out the corner. Frank Swindell walks around the corner. Frank Swindell walks walks out of the corner. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I like the field of dreams for sure. Let's yeah, it. it just doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense at all. What are you excited for heading to these series? I mean, I know. From a morale perspective, in so many different ways, I'm excited to see Christopher Morale continue the streak. It's in, it's unreal how well it's lined up for you. And Mr. Morale. his name is actually Mr. Morale. Mr. Morale, yeah. Mr. Christopher Morale. Um, just, uh, he's the he, he's fantastic, man. I hope he can keep it going. Can't wait for him to hit a t- He's probably going to hit a couple tanks against Baltimore. And pff, he's going to send some balls in New York. I mean, again. We're gonna see a lot of homers in New York. I know, I know it's small, and and hopefully it's a really good week for morale, Mister Morale, and and we need it. I mean, he's like the number one guy we're cheering for. You know, Wilson Contreras is probably gonna be gone. There's a few other guys that are probably gonna be gone, but Mister Morale is here here to stay. Mister Christopher Morale is here, and uh, he's been absolutely fantastic to watch on an everyday basis. That's all we got. 
All right, everybody. Thanks for being here. I've spoken enough. I hope you have a great week, and uh, we'll see you all back here next week. God bless you and your family. Come before you start ten games back. I don't care. I don't care. What God, God bless. God bless you and your ACL. ACL. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. See ya. Come before. See you, Red. Right.